This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Wrestling is fake. The winners and losers are predetermined, and so is the over the top drama, tension, and animosity. We all know this, wrestling fans especially. So why are millions of people crazy about it? I'm Dashan Johan and this is Today I Learned. On the show with me today are two Malaysian pro wrestlers, Gotham and Cornelius Lowe. Welcome to the show, guys. Let's get right into it. Why do y'all love wrestling? Uh, I think it's cliche to me to sound, but uh, why I love wrestling is because I'm a huge fan of it. I've been watching or following uh, WWE since uh, back in the Attitude Era, which was... Uh, I think I started watching somewhere in 97, 98. Mm. And yeah, ever since then, and a huge, huge Undertaker fan. So I've, you know, if, if I'm invested in wrestling, it's because of the storylines and it's because of Undertaker. Awesome. I'm a big Undertaker fan myself. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Cornelius, what about you? Why do you love wrestling? Um, musical theatre. Let me explain my stuff here. Right. Musical theatre is considered one of the most difficult art forms there is because it comprises three different very uh, separate skill sets. Singing, acting, dancing. Yes. The way I see professional wrestling, is, it's, it's analogous to musical theatre. It is combat athletics and acting three right. things that are sep- they are fairly different from each other but they all combine into one very unique craft unlike any other in the world and it is this complexity and nuance that keeps me uh, hooked and fascinated uh, with this thing that uh, Gotham and I have uh, put our blood sweat and tears in for so many years that's very interesting that you brought up a musical theatre. But there was a point in your life, I'm guessing, um, just like um, there was a point in my life where I didn't look at wrestling and, and see uh, a performance. I, I didn't look at wrestling and think of musical theatre. I thought they were, they were legitimately a bunch of guys mm. Uh, mm. hit each other and they're fighting each other and, and everything is, is real, right? Uh, uh, at what age... Did you realize that wrestling is is so called fake, and, and you know that it's a performance? Uh, well, when people say fake, are they saying are they implying that Tom Cruise is also fake? Are they implying that Charlize Theron is also fake? Are they implying that the big movie star is this that they watch on the screen? Allah, he's he's that's not real. Allah, those special effects <laughs> is not real. Allah, that truck hitting that truck is not real. But the stunts could be real. The acting is real. You know. It is a show in that sense. So we, so we as professional wrestlers, that's what we do as well. We are in some ways no different from the big uh, actors that you see on the silver screen, essentially. Uh, in, our, in defense of the, of, of the public, however, uh, there was definitely an attempt to, uh, uh, to, make, sure, to make sure that uh, pro wrestling came off as real, especially in the past. Uh, because uh, it is understood that uh, you know when something is presented as real, real, oh, you are sucked into it. You are you you will believe into it, and you will want to continue on uh, and and be fascinated with it. Uh, but as look, let's face it, the internet uh, exposes everything. So by the time when we roll on to say the the eighties or nineties or even even the 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 couple of decades beforehand, there was already. Um, uh, many many cases where uh, people were trying to reveal that pro wrestling is 
just you know a show and there's nothing wrong with it being a show uh but as uh, as the 90s rolled on by as as, as more details came out hey, it's a show it's a show it's a show uh, even the bigger wrestling uh, production companies uh, also just embraced it and they you know now, now they have vlogs about it now they have reality shows that shows the behind the scenes details there's nothing wrong uh, with that at all because guess what movies have been doing that for a long long time as well was there a point though when you were a kid where you didn't know that wrestling was a show oh absolutely i, I don't deny that at all uh yeah. but back then uh the, i i watched the uh, re- pro wrestling uh, uh somewhat in the uh, mid mid noughties mid 90s excuse me my excuse my french um <laughs> and uh uh, so there was uh so it definitely was presented as real there was no advertising uh, no uh uh, no internet articles that I saw that, that that said otherwise, basically. So I just took it all uh, at face value. So most certainly, uh, obviously, as as I matured and and got older, I realized, oh wait, no, this seemed this seemed more like a show, and that's okay, and that was uh, all right. In fact, uh, for me in particular, uh, I actually got even more fascinated once I realized uh, uh, that oh, it's a show. But wait, how do they construct all this then? Wait, how are they doing this without actually hurting themselves? How are they doing all these wacky uh, events uh, uh, and people just take it in uh, and enjoy it? That sort of thing. Gautam, do you re- remember what age you were when you realized that, that wrestling is a, is a show, it's a performance? And just like a Cornelius mentioned that, you know, it, it didn't um, lessen his interest mm-hmm. watching it. He, he became more fascinated when he realized that it was a show. What about you? Uh, for me, I think I was well into my teenage years when I finally found out that it was more of a, a performance as well, and not entirely what we see on, on screen. Um, yeah, so I would say somewhere in my teenage years, uh, and especially when social media came about, it actually mm-hmm. broke, uh, it actually broke uh, kayfabe, or in layman's term, the authenticity of it, to show that it was real. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Gautam, you brought up the word kayfabe. Mm-hmm. What exactly is kayfabe and why did it come to be? Why is this word? You, you talk to, we are, we are wrestling fans. Yeah, we yeah. always use this word. <laughs> um, why is it so entrenched in, in this, this culture, in this, this art form that is uh, pro wrestling? Right. So, uh, from my understanding of kayfabe and, uh, you know, Cornelius, you can, you can always uh, add on if you want or, or, or if I missed out a point. It's basically keeping, uh, you know, the the authenticity of it or making something look real for example the characters that you see on tv or the characters that uh, we portray uh, myself and colinius law and so many of us uh, back here in malaysia and around the world are also about the storylines the rivalries between all the different groups that you see the, the stables so it's keeping everything you know to, to to suspend the belief in making things look real so that would be the kayfabe to get the fan to believe us that would be my understanding of it Exactly. Imagine yeah. if if Charlie Theron. Uh, again, I'm, I'm going. I'm going back to her all the time. I don't know why. But don't ask me. <laughs> She's an awesome actress. Uh, imagine if you're watching her on screen and she says, um, "No, I don't like this take. Uh, can we do another one?" Can you imagine what, uh, seeing that uh, uh, in one of her movies? It's it's yeah. uh, it actually boils us. It's actually is that simple. Basically, mm-hmm. we want to suspend the disbelief uh, for our viewers uh, essentially. Uh, uh, so when we present our product, uh, when we present our show. 
the last thing we want is to actually break that dis uh, that disbelief essentially. So it is a, a necessary part uh, of the show. So I mean, I mean, if to put it in layman terms, sort of sum it up, it's basically protecting the the secret of the business or how the business works. And these days, the world of wrestling is very different compared to what it was. And I do want to get to that in just a second. But before that, uh, you know, wrestling is about, um, you know, essentially, uh, you know, when we look at it, it it's, it's about heroes versus villains. And, and of course, some people are in the gray areas and, and all these kinds of things. Um, two terms when we talk about kayfabe um, comes to comes into uh, conversation and one of it is face and one of it is heel um, Cornelius but could you explain what these terms mean and how does it relate to your character ah interesting so uh, essentially a face is at the very core of it all a, a good guy and the heel is the bad guy uh, essentially um, if I was more specific in, in, in pro wrestling terms it's basically the face is someone that uh, the audience uh, wants to support and the heel is someone that the audience wants to boo jeer essentially uh, and there is actually a whole point behind this uh, because you know uh Essentially, when we are telling the, uh, the story through our bodies, uh, through our movement and expressions, uh, you know, the stories uh, need to be in some ways uh, simple, right? So in that sense, every simple story needs a good character, good guy and a bad guy. And in order for the good guy to get the support, uh, to, uh, for people to feel empathy for him, there needs to be a bad guy to be a counterpoint. So that the get the bad guy can attack the the face uh, and do harm to the face, you know. Obviously, we're doing harm to each other, but maybe the the heel uh, will be do, going the extra mile, basically, uh, and really uh, and really roughing up the, the face, so that the audience they they so that we can communicate to the audience very clearly, basically, uh, who is it that we should be booing, who is it that we should be cheering for, uh, in that sense. Well, look, uh, I'm the uh, Cornelius Low is the uptown low life. I am the man that lives the high life but feels like a low life, and therefore uh, I'll do what it takes to win. So I, I definitely, uh, it is definitely my job to ensure, ensure uh, that I uh, that I get the jeers, that I get right. the, that I get the insults, that I make sure that I make the other wrestler look good that is my role that is my job for many years now <laughs> so you're a heel Gotham. what about you are you a face face or a heel yeah look dude unfortunately today you got two heels talking to you <laughs> <laughs> bad guy show I mean we yeah, all know that yeah. heels are the way the cooler ones anyway especially in modern professional <laughs> oh, dear, oh dear oh dear oh dear you know I got no comments on that I leave you to the fans to decide <laughs> uh, Gotham, tell me a yeah. little bit about your character right so my character is um, okay so my real name and my and my ring name is not much of a difference uh so right. gotham it is and the character that i portray is actually a mob boss so mm. yeah so basically the mafia lifestyle the mob boss um money power greed that's the kind of thing that i portray in the ring what's interesting right i'm talking to you guys and i'm i'm using these terms i'm asking gotham are you a healer face cornelius bad guy good guy and y'all are just telling me about this, this is an interview people are going to be listening to it mm. everybody knows that uh you know these these are all characters and and what what not um, but there was a time in in wrestling and, and cornelius you uh, alluded to it earlier right where this wasn't the case you you wouldn't be able to find uh you know 
the, the Gotham of the 70s, for example, you know, and, and just going and, and giving an interview and saying, ha ha, I'm the bad guy or ha ha, I'm the good guy. And this is what I do. Um, they, they didn't. You you genuinely uh, and, and that played a role in why um, kids in our generation or maybe teens in our parents' generation and all um, really bought into the, the whole uh, illusion uh, of, of pro wrestling. Um, to what extent did wrestlers maintain this illusion back in the day? Back then when there was no social media or, or internet to spread these things like, like, a, like a virus, frankly speaking, um, uh, the illusion back then was pretty heavy, like to the point where uh, the faces and the heels, they, uh, it was understood that you will not be seen uh, with each other. Uh, so the faces will like go to this bar and the and the heels will go to that bar basically so they will be separate all all, all together basically until they uh, until they end up in the same locker room perhaps uh, 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 and also some and some folks kept uh, what we call kayfabe to uh, to such a degree uh, that um, uh, that uh, even when they were to interact with people in public, oh, oh uh, it, it would be via their character actually uh, a really big instance for uh, for for example, is The Undertaker. It was only in very, very recently that he started to open up more and do more interviews and more public appearances, not as Undertaker, but as the man behind uh, The Undertaker as well. So for, for how, I don't know, was it 20, 30 years? He was, he never gave uh, like public interviews or, or talked about things uh, behind the scenes whatsoever because he was the undertaker. He was the man from the dead. He does not uh, do these sort of interviews uh, at all until very, very recently when he finally retired, basically. Yeah, man. Hey, so listen, he, I, you know, sorry to cut you off, but I have to agree on that point, especially because uh, it, was, it was recent in 2020 was when I watched The Last Ride. That's when he came up with the show, man. And it was... You know, I, I was actually blown away to find out that Mark Calloway was this guy because I was always terrified of him. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. What changed? Um, social media, definitely. But I was also, uh, you know, you know, there's also this famous incident that wrestling fans um, always talk about. Many people still argue whether it was the moment that, um, you know, broke wrestling forever um, mm -hmm. It certainly changed wrestling forever, whether positive, negative. Um, I think that's debatable. And I'm talking about the curtain call. Exactly. I, know, I, I somehow figured you're going to bring that up. <laughs> Talk to me about the curtain call, Gautam. What exactly happened? What, yeah, why why so, is it even so significant? Yeah, okay. So my take of the curtain call, uh, it, it happened in Madison Square Garden. And at that point of time, kayfabe or protecting the business was a must. You know, it, it, you, you needed to do that. And at that point of time, um, I think the clique, um, you know, uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall. And Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, they were leaving uh, the, the business then. They were leaving WWE to go on to another company, if I'm not mistaken. And after, if memory serves me right, I think Shawn Michaels came out first. They were still okay about it. The fans were still okay. Uh, he was a heel at that time, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, and then Triple H came out. Uh, and when he came out, he broke the fourth wall. And, you know, at that time, it, it was like, okay, what's happening? Why is a face now in the ring with the heel? Uh, but how did it change the business? Um, did it? I would say it did. Uh, it did, in fact, change the business because that gave birth to a new storyline. Uh, DX was born, I think. Uh, right. Yeah, DX was formed. And especially the era that I grew up in uh, was the Attitude Era. 
and the entire business changed. So a friendly, uh, you know, a family-friendly phase ended, and it gave birth to the Attitude Era. It was definitely the the straw that broke the camel's back, uh, mm-hmm. uh, certainly. But even I, I would make a slight argument that uh, even at, at during those years, uh, it wasn't. Uh, you know, there were always again there were still rumors uh, that you know, oh, this is a show, this is a show. Uh, uh, you know, uh, faces must be faces, heels must be heels. They should be separate and and that sort of thing. But that was basically probably the most pu- the most public incident that really uh sort of broke a uh, kayfabe uh, in that sense. Uh, and you have to understand, uh, I think, I believe, uh, I could be wrong on this, but I, I prob- I'm probably not, uh, that uh, one of the reasons why they had that curtain call in the first place is because um, in pro wrestling, there is, um, this might surprise some people, is a bit of a brotherhood in a sense, you know? And Gotham and I, we have, uh, we have trained together uh we uh for for years you know uh, we've done uh, all sorts of segments uh we've looked out for each other and stuff uh, in and out of the ring um so uh, there is a real uh, sense of brotherhood and kinship uh when we when we do this so when people so when when a bunch of guys uh, after a big show big blow show they're going to transition on to the next stage of their life i totally understand why some of them want to just embrace uh embrace and do a like like a final curtain call and final bow down mm-hmm. yeah. uh, to everybody before they uh, leave uh, for better pastures, essentially. Uh, so yeah, that, that that kinship is something that a lot of people do not realize is runs so deep until you actually enter the square circle. On the show with me today is Gotham and Cornelius Lowe, two Malaysian pro wrestlers. After the break, I'll be asking them why wrestlers get emotional when they win championship belts if the winners and losers are all scripted. We'll be back with more on Today I Learned, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Today I Learned. I'm Dashan Johan and on the show with me today are Gotham and Cornelius Lowe, two Malaysian pro wrestlers. And we're talking about, well, wrestling. If it's fake then why do we love it so much? Why are millions and millions of people around the world crazy about this quote-unquote fake sport? So, guys, what's fascinating is I'm having this conversation with y'all and three of us are on the same page in the sense that, you know, y'all have made it clear that, you know, um, wrestling is the theatre of violence. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's like musical theatres, but it's about people... Um, fighting and and, and, and violence and, and all these kind of aggression and, and all of mm-hmm. that. And you use those things, your athleticism, to tell stories uh, as compared to, let's say, the UFC, which is just a literal combat sport. So it's in completely different categories. We, it, it's This is not a secret and anymore, especially. But why then um, is there an obsession um, um, do you think why, why do you think there's an obsession with wrestling being fake this idea that it's it's scripted it's a performance why is there such an obsession by non-wrestling fans with that and it seems to be like that's sort of like that's sort of the deterrent towards it because whenever like for example I was sitting in a mama and sometimes you know mama like they, they will have sports channels and then wrestling will be on or something mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that and I, I was just checking it out and, and then a friend of mine non-wrestling fan uh, she looked at me and said, why are you so interested in this? You do know it's fake, right? And this is baffling because, of course, as wrestling fans, we know more than anyone else <laughs> what exactly we are watching. It seems very interesting to me that that seems to be the the thing that 
deters people away from watching, whereas you don't see, as Cornelius brought brought up earlier, um, you know, you don't watch musical theater mm-hmm. and say, "I not, I don't. Why, why are you watching this? It's it's not real." Why is the Avengers fighting Thanos? Why do you care yeah, about yeah. this so much? Why are you crying? It's not real. You don't hear these kinds of things when it comes to movies. People know it's scripted. People know it's drama. People know mm-hmm. it's storytelling and all. But people go in with the with the perception that I want to suspend my disbelief. And within this uh, two and a half hours, three hours, and and the memories that lives within our brains and all of that, it's real in that sense. The stories are real. The emotional impact are real in that sort of sense. Why do y'all think that when it, wrestling is this thing where people are so obsessed with its quote-unquote fakeness of it? Um, I, I got my two cents of this. Well, this fascination between uh, comparing uh, pro wrestling and the UFC, I sort right. of understand this comparison actually because um, there's there's definitely one fundamental similarity between UFC and professional wrestling in general, uh, or, or rather mixed martial arts and, pro, and professional wrestling. If I just say UFC, that's like saying WWE, uh, WWE is pro wrestling, and that's Cards. just, uh, and that's just, uh, that's just uh, not true, uh, essentially. So the, the fundamental similarity between mixed martial arts and professional wrestling is that we both sell fights. You see? Mm. Okay? Styles sells fights. Okay? We when we see uh, we want to see the uh, in the mixed martial arts, uh, we are fascinated when we see this guy who is known for striking going up against a guy who is known for his wrestling. How is the striker going to match up against the against the the collegiate uh, amateur wrestler, uh, and how is he going to stuff his takedowns uh, and get in uh, his strikes? On the other hand, is the collegiate wrestler able to uh, uh, work on his striking well enough uh, that he can uh, perhaps uh, go punch for punch uh, with the uh, with the Golden Gloves uh, champion. On the other hand, we have professional wrestling uh, and the uh, comparison is, e- is even easier. Oh, what will happen when we put the seven-foot-tall giant against the, the five-foot-three uh, cruiser, cruiserweight uh, in a steel cage match coming to you live May 5th in Stadium Nagara? Something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. See? So it, they, they both we both are telling intriguing fights and scenarios in that sense. And then, of course, the, the, the big fundamental difference that because pro wrestling is a show, we have the uh, advantage of just going all out ridiculous. You know, sometimes it's ne- it's never. It's, sometimes it's not just a one on one match. Sometimes it's a four uh, four uh, four against four. Sometimes uh, it's it's a it's a brawl for all. Uh, uh, fatal five way like uh, Gotham and I have been in. Sometimes mm. a ladder is involved. Sometimes pie is involved. Sometimes uh, uh, weird. Things can be involved uh, as, as well. Uh, I think there was an Ang Pao on the pole match in Singapore at one point. So yeah, it gets gets strange. <laughs> and <laughs> I love Pao it because on it's strange. A pole match, fantastic! You don't get any weirder than this. You know, it's it's all it's it's wrestling. That's that's wrestling, right? Um, Gotham, yeah. what do you think? Because when you ask your your your, your friend, um, mm-hmm. hey bro, let's go and watch um um this musical, <laughs> they will be like, okay, let's go and watch. But then if you say let's watch wrestling, they'll be like. Why? Why are you watching this? Isn't it fake? Why is that? Why? Why is it just with wrestling? Is it because people feel like they were cheated? Um, is it because wrestling mm-hmm. um, itself sometimes um, tries to market itself more as a quote unquote real sport rather than a performing performance arts um, sort of thing? Um, what exactly is the problem here that? Some people 
it, it, it's it's like I said, like yeah. I always tell people, right? You, if you don't like wrestling because you watch it and you think, mm-hmm. oh, the acting is not good, oh, the stunts are boring, or okay, it's you know, it's it's kind of over the top and not grounded, and I and I don't buy into it. And I think that's perfectly fine, right? That's you can. Fine, that's fine. Yeah, they, they, they're but, entitled to their opinions. Yeah, but for me, what bothers me always is when people say I don't want to watch it because it's fake. Yeah. Uh, why? Why? Why does this keep happening when you come Charlie's to wrestling? Is Charlie's thrown fake? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why you it just keep it. And now it's on a trajectory that's out of control. I'm just going to let it be out of control. Uh, keep going, Gotham. Keep going. Yeah. Okay. So I can only take on uh, on my personal experience from this. Yes. And yes, I do have uh, first-hand experience on this. I've mm-hmm. invited some of them to come and watch our our live shows, or you know. And the thing is, I get uh, why do you do this? It's fake and. Uh, I think they don't understand how the business works uh, per se. And also when they say it's fake, it's probably uh, a lot to do with social media nowadays and that like how initially when we touched in the start, the topic when, you know, they show you backstage segments and how it's done, you know, so the choreograph part of it. And uh, yeah, they, they do not talk about uh, movies, theaters, uh, stuff like this to be fake. I think it's because they understand from which genre it comes from. But when you talk right. about yeah, but when you talk about wrestling, uh, we say it's sports entertainment, and probably because of that, probably because of the word sports in front, you know, they, mm. they kind of think that it's fake mm. because you're doing a sport. But how do you do a sport when everything is scripted? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So, I, I to me, I understand from where they are coming from. I would just hope that the public or whoever is listening to this <laughs> would understand that mm-hmm. what we do is not fake. Uh, I would I would take scripted any time of the day, right? right? But yeah, so I, when you say it's fake, it's probably a bit. Uh, it's it's kind of a disrespect because we we do have to train like like other athletes, uh, like UFC fighters. We do have our own cardio, uh, you know, and we need to know how to receive a move, or take a move, you know. Uh, slam ourselves. Uh, even the ring, for example, the you know a, a very big misconception is that the ring is uh, the ring has springs, but if you strip apart the ring, uh, it's nothing but just wood and steel. The, you know, yeah, and, right. and a very thin layer of padding. There's no string, so the bounce that you see off that our bodies hit the ring and bounce off, it's basically the momentum that we absorb in our bodies. So mm-hmm. you you can't fake that. You know, you you mm-hmm. can't fake gravity. Yeah. Y'all both are wrestlers. Um, mm-hmm. What is it exactly that y'all are doing in the ring? Because y'all are not literally fighting oh. each other, right? Because if let's say when Conor McGregor goes against his opponent, mm. he literally wants to murder that guy. Okay, not literally, but he wants to beat yeah. him up, like like beat him up <laughs> bloody and, and, and stuff like that. You know, yeah, he wants to yeah. do that. Whereas in, in wrestlers, y'all are not doing that exactly. The both of y'all or whether it's four people five people three people and a ladder and whatever it may be mm-hmm. y'all are on the same team outside of kayfabe outside of this of the storylines mm-hmm. and, and the show y'all are on the same team even good guys and the bad guys what is it exactly that wrestlers are doing in the ring and what does it take to tell a good wrestling story hmm. uh, it's, it's this is a very big topic you know uh, to be mm-hmm. honest and I think uh, Cornelius will agree with me. This is, we can't just give you uh, one answer or one thing. Yeah. Right. What do we do in the ring? Uh, we are telling a story, right? right. Physically, uh, psychologically, mm. we are actually using all of these elements and we're telling a story. So mm-hmm. those who buy the tickets to come and see us, you know, you get Cornelius Lowe and example versus Gotham. 
and on one side how how is it uh, or, no, or how are we going to make the fans believe that Cornelius Law has a fighting chance against Gotham yeah yeah huh? yep. so so uh, it's it's the part that we suspend the belief and as there's a lot of elements actually happening in the ring itself you know mm-hmm. and crowd is one of the biggest factors i would say they you know we have to feed off their energy they feed off ours and you know it it works vice versa mm-hmm. so uh, storytelling wise there's a lot you know a very simple um, a, a mistake and I'm guilty of it, you know, uh, during the start of it. A very simple mistake that a lot of wrestlers do, or especially those who are uh, new to the business, is they think that a good story is by doing a lot of flashy moves, which, right. to me, it's not. Uh, in the sense that, like any other sport or any any other uh, thing that you do, less is more. So it's basically about the emotions that you create in the ring. You know, uh, and how do you create moments? For example, I, I know uh, one thing that just came off uh, my head now: the match that with the Undertaker versus Triple H, especially right. roughly was Shawn Michaels and Defenera. Now, mm-hmm. I do remember the match vaguely here and there. It was one of my most favorite matches, but the moment that was created, you know, that got me off the seat, you know, was when Shawn Michaels switching. Uh, uh, Taker and Undertaker then took a pedigree right off that straight. Right. And it was one, two, and he gave a very near kick up. Right. And then the camera pans on to Shawn Michaels and you can see him sitting on the turnbuckle, you know, afraid or he's he's confused, not what he's doing. Now that's the moment that created that that, that entire thing. You know? right. It was not the move. It, it was a switching, it was a pedigree. You know, you've seen that umpteen number of times, but it was at that moment when Shawn Michaels did that. To the, towards the turnbuckle, sitting down, scared of not sure if he had broken the streak or not, that captured the moment for people. So that is what we do in the ring. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, our techniques are our tools, uh, essentially. You know, imagine if uh, I'm I'm a much smaller man uh, against against a much bigger Gotham. Imagine the story that we could tell when I'm trying to lift him up. That's imagine if that's the whole angle of, of 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 the match where I'm just desperately trying to lift up the big man and slam him down instead of you know, typically the other way around. How do we tell the story uh, via that? Do we see my struggles? Uh, do we see how many attempts I do this? Am I doing this uh, in the heat of the moment? Am I doing this when I'm being cocky? That sort of uh, that sort sort of thing. So there's all sorts of ways to to go about it and uh, and and stuff. Uh, you know, all sorts of techniques. So it it so you know, having a bit of flash is nice. It's it's the way I see it. Uh, it's it's like a bartender. It's like a bartender that does flair. Uh, flaring and bartending is when you like uh, are flipping your bottles all around and using your cups and just juggling stuff, uh, this and that, and uh, and pouring in all sorts of unique, different ways. That's essentially what uh, what we do. You know, the bartender could pour it, uh, pour and make a drink in a perfectly normal fashion with no extra flares and and styles. But uh, where's the fun of that? So that's where uh, flaring comes into play. That's when uh, you know that's when we put our own personal touch. Uh, into uh into progressing. I do things a certain way. Uh, Gotham does things in a certain way. We choose different techniques to tell a story, tell our, uh, express our own personalities. Uh, in that sense. Yeah. So yes, a little bit of styling is perfectly fine. So something else I get asked a lot um, is why do wrestlers get emotional? Why does it mean so much to them when they win a championship belt 
although it's it's predetermined and, and not a, a quote unquote real spot in in a in that sense, right? Because uh, people say like, okay, if, if Lee Chong Wei, you know, and and Lin Dan are battling it out, uh, uh, you know, and it's is this gruesome match, and and Chong Wei finally wins, uh, uh, you know, let's say an Olympic. Uh, um, medal from you know after defeating Lindan is this this huge deal and you understand why they are so emotional because that battle that they just had was a real battle there was no uh, rigging and and, and and so so to speak right but re- in wrestling for them it's predetermined you know you know that the bookers the the, the writers um whoever is in charge of the creative um together with the wrestlers themselves they you know ultimately they decide who gets the championship who wins the matches and all of that so if that is the case then why does it mean so much to to wrestlers why does it mean so much to y'all why is it such an emotion i think because uh firstly when you join into the business you don't only just learn the the choreographed part of it or just the stunts of it but there are a lot of things that you have to actually learn you have to pay your dues you know you, you, you have to, to, to learn right from the start on how to strip a ring apart and, and build it back. And mm. you've got to work your way up the ladder, you know, moving from a, from a low-card, mid-card to, to eventually becoming a main eventer in the business. And when the company is comfortable with you and when the company feels uh, confident that you are able to carry their brand forward, you know, and... Uh, and a lot of other things in business aspect, bringing more people to watch the, the product. That is when you win the, the, the championship. And I'm not, and this is just one aspect of it that I'm talking about, you know, right. saying that, uh, you know, the, about the business part, but in, uh, in, in to sum it up, it's because the company has faith in you or confidence in you. And that is why they make you the face of the company. So when you carry the championship, you're not just carrying two titles, but now you're carrying the entire brand on your back. Yeah, absolutely, I mean, absolutely. I mean, like, you know, did Charlize Theron get emotional when she won her first Oscars, you know? <laughs> Same thing. Uh, the, the belt, the, the championship belt uh, uh, actually does mean something. It actually means something even in the, the behind-the-scenes sense, you see, uh, because it shows that you are the most advertised guy. You are the most marketable guy. You are the guy that uh, the company has faith in, you know, so, uh, you, and mind you, Dash, you are actually speaking uh, before royalty, actually. Okay? Gotham <laughs> has won championships, and so right. have I uh, in, in mm-hmm. Malaysia Pro Wrestling, you see. Uh, I myself uh, won the Malaysia National Championship as well, defeating uh, uh, three other people on, in a single day. Uh, and there's a reason why I've... I've why I did so. I have put in genuine work. I have put in uh, a lot of blood, sweat and tears and a lot of sacrifices to get to this point, to that point, uh, those, uh, those years ago. Um, so they have faith uh, in me and I had faith in myself that I, I, I could do it. Uh, so it was, uh, it was super flattering to actually uh, achieve it. So yes, it absolutely does mean something because, it, uh, because to get to that title belt, uh, means that the, the company has faith in you and they can push you forward uh, uh, and be part of their main storylines, uh, main marketing uh, and branding strategies. Eh? BFM, there you go. A little bit of business talk for you. At the end of the day, it's the hard work, uh, learning the business, like what you said, you know, and the, the, the craft of it 
and when you're able to get all of that and you have that it factor in you, you know, finally when the company decides and yeah, if they're confident enough, they will actually give you the title. You know, so a lot mm. of a, a lot of people, for example, they say that Brock Lesnar is a part timer. He, you know, he, he, you know, just 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 to touch on that. But every time when you hear his music hits or when he's in the ring, you know the match is is, is a five star match. Yeah, you know? it's a big money match. Yeah, and and that's oh, why he, he and that's why he recently he, he became the WWE champion again. Yeah, he's back and mm-hmm. now he's a champion. So yeah, so it, it's that the the, the company uh, you pay your dues, you learn the craft, you be the best, and then you get rewarded. What are you your favorite wrestling storyline uh, and uh, or matches uh, and and why um, uh, it, like it can be for any reason you know where, or when you're watching as a kid or mm-hmm. even as an adult the the impact is is different um, what you get from matches and storylines are different um, what's your favorite or one of your favorite something that really sticks out to you Cornelius. Um, for me, uh, I'm actually going to reference something that might be a bit obscure, actually. I mean, right. I am going to use those, so obviously uh, things will be a bit obscure and, and bizarre and fascinating uh, when I uh, open my, my, my mouth. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to reference a, a something called New Japan Pro Wrestling. Until very recently, I think, they were actually the number two wrestling company in the world. Not many right. people realize this, but some of the wrestling that comes out of uh, New Japan is some of the very, very best uh, in the world. They operate very differently from WWE, most certainly. Uh, they are, uh, they are, they are, their wrestling style, in, in some ways, is it feels more uh, active. Uh, more active, more more sports like uh, they are they are what we call work rate. Uh, the amount of stuff they do uh, and rest and, and wrestling they do condensed into one match is just incredible. Uh, sometimes, so I, mm-hmm. I, I as uh, someone who really uh, uh, really focuses uh, on the pro wrestling side of pro wrestling, really enjoy it. So my favorite uh, wrestling storyline, I'll give you an all time. And this this actually happened not too many years ago, actually was that saga, that quadrilogy between uh, Kazuchika Okada and Kenny Omega, essentially. Oh. Essentially, uh, Kazuchika Okada is like the, the rainmaker, the big money man uh, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, un, unbeatable, uh, so to speak. Uh, no one could do what he, he does. And then Kenny Omega is the upstart for, for a foreigner from Canada who has uh, this deep love uh, for Japan and went into New Japan Pro Wrestling um, uh uh, trying to defeat uh, this this incredible uh, Japanese uh, wrestler, and he could not do it uh, for the first three tries. But can he do it uh, in the fourth time in a two out of three falls match? Uh, ooh, and um, that quadrilogy was incredible. Uh, they told their story their story almost exclusively in the ring. So to watch uh, those four matches back to back, oh, it is. It is incredible. That's one of my favorite uh, wrestling storylines uh, and and series of matches that I can, I can think of uh, right now. There are plenty of others, uh, mind you, plenty, plenty of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's definitely something that uh, still sticks to my sticks to my mind to this day because the amount of uh, sacrifice, the amount of wrestling, the amount of storytelling that was actually there. Uh, you know, uh, people think that oh, uh, wrestling very wrestling heavy centric matches. You know, it's all about the technique and and not about the story. No, no, no. The, uh, those four matches had everything inside it uh, all, all, all together in one crazy quadrilogic package so uh, I enjoyed that very much Gautam? Well for me uh, I, I, I am a WWE product guy so okay. I've tried, you know, I, I have the utmost respect for a lot of other wrestlers and a lot of other promotions and what they do but the one that always keeps me going is WWE and uh, it's it's basically about the story that I know because for someone who comes from uh, an entertainment background 
and uh, being an actor and I'm doing my own album and stuff. So it's always about the storyline and entertainment that I could see on screen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so my aspect of it uh, would be that. And I, I, do, I have a lot of uh, storylines that I love, but I would say the, 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 the one that kept me going on and ever since the start was always Kane and The Undertaker. You know, right. the feud between both the brothers and brothers, how mystical yeah. they were. One one had fire and the other guy had rain and lightning. You know, and <laughs> and in between there was what was the uh, the uh, the stepdad Paul Bearer as well. <laughs> you know, fantastic with, performer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fantastic. You know, uh, God bless him. So yeah, so that was what that always kept me at the edge of my seat. You know, whenever it was the Undertaker was a skin or or at even the point when they teamed up and became the Brothers of Destruction. So that would be it for me. It, uh, and I think today, um, no offense to others, but that would be my best uh, storyline. All right. Now I want to just um, zoom in a little bit on um, the Malaysian or, you know, the regional pro wrestling scene. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the most interesting things is, again, something that you guys alluded to is that not many people know that there's a pro wrestling scene in Malaysia. In fact, not mm-hmm. many people know that WWE, it's a comp- brand it's a company it's a pro wrestling mm-hmm. company and brand but it in and of itself is not just the only thing even in the u.s that's now there's AEW, there's so many there's independent scenes and and all of that and and malaysia um not many people know that there's a malaysian wrestling uh, scene here and i think it was a few years ago um where i came to know about um, the Malaysian uh, wrestling scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just telling uh, Gotham before we uh, started a recording that I've actually watched him um, in action and, and all of that. This was maybe four, five, six years ago. Yeah. And, wow. Yeah. Tell, tell me about the, the Malaysian and, and regional pro wrestling scene, um, the companies that you guys represent uh, or other companies that y'all have wrestled part of. Uh-huh. Um, Here's the thing. Uh, when it comes to Malaysia, right, uh, there's right. two companies. One... Uh, being APEC Wrestling and the oldest Lock team. twist. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> what is being uh, MyPW. So right. uh, for me, I represent uh, APEC Wrestling. And, uh, you know, uh, one thing about the Malaysian industry is that uh, whichever company you are, at the end of the day, the end goal is uh, is clear uh, on, mm-hmm. on both sides is to actually, uh, you know, educate the people on the wrestling industry and to grow it, you know, locally. Mm, definitely. Yeah. And uh, talking about regional effect, I think that uh, the, the Asia Pacific region, uh, everyone wants to, you know, grow the wrestling community, to grow the wrestling business. So the end goal is the same. And the difference wise, I would say, um, in fact, when I started uh, wrestling, I was I was uh, being a fan. I knew there was a huge following, but when we used to do live shows. It's crazy the amount of numbers we used to get then. And we do have a big following here in Malaysia alone. Uh, and when we, when I wrestled in Singapore, uh, the fans, the, the, the reaction of fans were different then. There, you know, mm-hmm. they, 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 they reacted differently. But the, the essential of it or the take of it was that they respected what we did or what we do. And they, uh, you know, and we, individually as different companies are trying to grow the scene uh, in in the region oh yeah absolutely so uh to to clarify for folks here there are in fact uh two uh malaysian wrestling companies uh in malaysia there is uh malaysia pro wrestling uh which is uh the one that i sort of represent uh, as the malaysian national championship Mm -hmm. Uh, but i'm not uh, but uh, uh and 
I'm going to say it right here, right now. Uh, I, I make it no secret that I'm open to uh, wrestling in uh, different companies as well, as e- even within Malaysia. So APAC Wrestling, you know, you know what's up with me. Uh, yeah. uh, so uh, and then of course there's APAC Wrestling, but that uh, Gotham is uh, and many others I have been putting the focus in right now. Uh, as as concerning the Southeast Asian scene in particular, oh, I love to wrestle in the Philippines. Uh, I had a ball of a time wrestling in the Philippines. Uh, they're, they're they're crazy over there. They have like three companies, I think. You know, something like, something crazy yeah, like, something that. like that. And yeah, you had the opportunity of going to Philippines, man. I, I exactly. Heard, I, I heard they were crazy there. Oh yeah, yeah. There are some of the the wildest crowds, uh, and, and they are so passionate and so supportive of their local talent. Uh, and then, so the point. So when I go in as a, uh, as a foreign foreign bad guy, so to speak, oh, it's 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 easy money, baby, easy money. And of course, like, uh, <laughs> of course, uh, it is it's also remarkable as well because technically, a Southeast Asian wrestler has sort of made it big. Actually, uh, someone from uh, Singapore Pro Wrestling. Uh, his name is Dante Chen now in WWE NXT. So someone from Singapore actually made it all the way into NXT actually, and he and he was someone that fully deserved it. He put in the work. Uh, he has the the looks and the skills for it as well. So good good job to you, Dante. Good job to you. Now I also want to quickly talk to you all about an interesting, um, exciting thing that's happening, and that's there's going to be a Malaysian movie coming up in cinemas called Gila Gusti. Tell me about it. So yes, this puts a wrinkle in all that we have talked about, eh? about 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 Charlie Theron and, and, and acting <laughs> and wrestling and all that. And suddenly there is a Malaysian-based pro wrestling film coming out very, very soon. So got got them. Uh, you're in this. You yeah. tell us. Okay, so Gilagusti, as what we know, is uh, is the first ever kind of uh, movie in Malaysia where it's a wrestling-based movie. Uh, it not only talks about the wrestling aspect of it, but it's a very family-oriented movie, I would say. We have elements of family, what uh, a wrestler, you know, not giving much of the story, but what uh, struggles the wrestler has to go through, you know, to, to get the, mm-hmm. the championship or what he faces uh, behind the rings. So there are a lot of different elements that we touch in this movie, actually. And uh, the, uh, yeah, so the local hero, um, uh, or the godfather, or, or the guy who started wrestling in Malaysia, uh, Shaukat, yeah, and right. he's playing a character called Naga, and alongside him being the main antagonist of it would be uh, Big Bear, which I will be playing in the ring, you know. So we'll be wrestling each other in the ring, and and it works from around there. You're having a silver screen debut, Gotham. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it, this is really really exciting. It is. It is exciting. I mean, uh, I I dreamt on seeing myself on the silver screen, but when it's when it's really happening, it's such a surreal moment that you know, I I I, it's such a surreal moment that I don't know how to brain it. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. kind of excited. I'm nervous at the same time on on what the on on what the fans are gonna think about and see. I'm really happy for you, Gotham. I'm really happy for you. This is such a big, uh, big achievement to to be shown on oh, cinemas. My goodness! Thanks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I let you guys go, um, let us know um, where where can people find y'all on social media, uh, follow your work, and if y'all have upcoming shows that y'all would like to plug as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you could search me up in my Instagram. Um, Twitter is the same name as well. Uh, it's Gotham. G O T H A M. Uh, dot pw okay so these two uh, are, but i'm mostly uh, active in my instagram or mm-hmm. you could also go down to apex wrestling uh instagram um, facebook you could, you could also find us there 
And uh, yeah, uh, January 13th, don't miss our release of Kilagusti. Looking forward to it, Cornelius. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Cornelius.low. That's where I post uh, my pro wrestling shenanigans. And you can also find me on Twitter at Cornelius underscore low, where I usually post... Uh, how do I... Uh, uh, on uh, on more unconventional things. Uh, I'm I'm uh, getting involved with some other uh, mad, mad uh, activities uh, myself. Uh, so on Twitter, I, I tend to post uh, uh, some of the strange things I'm doing in my life uh, right now. Uh, uh, and you can also uh, follow uh, us on uh, on MyPW uh, Wrestling as well on our social uh, medias there as well. And yes, 13 January, Gila Gusti's uh, grand premiere. Please do check it out, folks. I'm sure it'll be very fascinating. Awesome. On that note, guys, Gautam, Cornelius, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, man, thanks for having us, man. You know, it's, it's a great opportunity. It was fun talking to you. I, I hope we could do this some other time. That was Gautam and Cornelius Lowe, two local professional wrestlers. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can check out the podcast titled Pro Wrestling is Fake, So Why Do We Love It? on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashran Johan, and this has been Today I Learned, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.